0: Welcome to Dark Corners with David Allen Boyles. Dark Corners is brought to you by Gestalt Media, an independent publishing company dedicated to serving independent artists. Dark Corners is a horror podcast and may not be suitable for all listeners. Therefore, discretion is advised. Season 2 consists of episodes written and narrated by David Allen Boyles based on a story suggested by the Halloween-themed musical work Witch Works, Created by dark ambient musician Mambi Yulman, the 13th episode concludes the season in October of 2020. Chapter 6 Dance of the Scarecrows Stan pulled his cherry red Mustang over into the sandy dirt off the gravel road and pulled around to the back of an old weathered barn. This is it, he said as he cut the engine. Really? Brandy asked, frowning. I thought we could get closer to the factory than this. Yeah, you can. But I don't want any of my dad's deputies to see my car and tell him I was up here. So what if they do? Brandy countered. Kids have always come up here. It's no big deal. It is since they found those bones. It's a possible crime scene. We'll need to keep a low profile. Stan grabbed a flask from the console. Thought we might want Jack along for the ride. Jack? Mr. Daniels, if you want to get all formal about it. He grinned and took a noisy slurp and then offered the flask to Brandy. Ew, gross. Not after you slobbered all over it. Suit yourself. Let's shake a leg and get on with this. He opened his door and climbed out of the car. Slammed the door without looking back at Brandy and stood surveying the cornfield in the quickly fading light as he waited for her to join him. "'What are you looking at?' she asked, peering out at the tall, tasseled stalks. "'Thought I saw something moving out there,' he said in a low voice, and he took another swig from his flask. "'Yeah, right. You're just trying to scare me,' she said as she punched his arm. "'Maybe. Maybe not,' he answered with a sly grin no telling what's in these fields." He grabbed her arm and pulled her in close. "'Better be nice to me, or I just might leave your cute little ass out here.'" She winced at his emphasis on the word nice and pulled away from him. Before he could get mad, she smiled and added, "'Well, are we going up to the ruins or not?' "'Let's go,' he said, and locked fingers with her while still holding the flask in his other hand. Brandy had to take two steps for every one of his as he briskly made their way between the cornstalks on either side of the trail. "'It's getting pretty dark,' she noted as they walked. "'Shouldn't we have brought a flashlight?' "'Nah, I've got my phone,' Stan answered. "'Besides, everything's more fun in the dark, don't you think?' In the darkening gloom, Brandy didn't think he could see her face, but she tried not to let her reaction show regardless. Not for the first time that evening she was questioning her decision to go out with him. "'Looks like there might be some pumpkins starting on these vines.' It was really too dark to see if there were small bulbs at the basis of any flowers or not, but she wanted to change the subject to something that wasn't suggestive. "'Hope so,' Stan replied. "'I'd hate to have to buy any. Last year T.J. and I pulled a dozen or so from here.' "'That's a lot of jack-o'-lanterns to make. "'How long did it take you to carve them up?' "'Oh, hell. We didn't carve them. "'We smashed them. threw them off piney Knob Bridge just as people drove under it. "'Scared the hell out of those idiots.' "'That was you? "'My aunt nearly had a heart attack "'when one of those fell in front of her car.' "'Even though this admission from Stan irritated her, "'she lightened her tone to try to make the best of the situation. "'Makes sense, I guess.' The sheriff's son would be the wildest kid in town. Yeah, that does have its perks. He's gotten me out of a couple of scrapes. But he didn't know about the pumpkin drop. If he had, he'd probably have taken my license for a month or two. A sudden snap behind them made Brandy jump, and she grabbed Stan's arm. What was that? She whispered. I don't know. Maybe a deer. Stan slipped his flask into the back pocket of his jeans and fished his flashlight out of the front one, He touched his screen to get the flashlight function on and shined it in the direction of the sound. The light illuminated the area immediately in front of them pretty well, but it didn't penetrate very far into the darkness of the woods. Probably nothing, he said. A deer, like I said. Maybe a raccoon. He let go of Brandy's hand to pull his flask back out and raised it to his lips. My daddy says there's wild boar out here. Oh, that's bullshit. They like terrain with more brush on it than this pine forest has. Come on, let's get on up to the ruins and I'll show you where the bones were. Could be they missed some. Or maybe there's even worse stuff up there. Brandy found that her interest in seeing the gruesome sight had waned, but she didn't want to get Stan angry. And she hated that she left her phone in the car, but she kept quiet and followed as he led the way, shining his light on the path before them. When they'd gone a bit further, A low growl came out of the darkness. "'Run!' Stan yelled as he lurched forward on the path without waiting to see whether Brandy was following or not. She tried her best not to trip, although the light from Stan's phone bounced all over the woods in front of them, making it hard to see the trail. She could only hope her toe wouldn't catch a root and pitch her to the ground. The path soon opened up, and the darkened walls of the ruined toy factory came into view. Brandy followed Stan past the rusted iron doors that lay on the ground in front of the entrance and into the blackness of the factory. Stan pressed himself against the inside wall next to the open entrance so that he could peer out, and he held his phone against his chest to smother the light. Brandy fell in beside him, also flattening out against the wall and gripping his arm tightly. See anything? She whispered between gasps as she fought to catch her breath. No. Nothing. Brandy's heart still beat rapidly as she waited quietly for Stan to eventually say something. Finally he turned and leaned his back against the wall again and slid down to a sitting position. Brandy followed suit and waited for him to speak. "'I think it's gone,' he said finally. "'What do you think it was?' "'I don't know. Maybe nothing.' "'Nothing? That wasn't nothing.' "'It could have been a bear.' I don't think so. My dad says bears don't growl like that. Oh, really? Have you not seen any movies? He says they dub in the growls from tigers and other animals to make bears seem fiercer. Oh, your dad's just a wealth of misinformation, isn't he? Fuck you, Stan. Brandy folded her arms against her stomach and stared out into the darkness of the ruins. Oh, come on. Stan slid an arm behind her shoulders and pulled her to him. Whatever it was is gone now. Just you and me in this creepy old factory. He pressed his lips against hers while trying to grope her breasts with his free hand. Knock it off, Stan! She pushed him back and rose to stand over him. I should have listened to everybody who warned me about you instead of falling for your story about coming up to see some imaginary bones. I want to leave. Now! We'll leave when I'm good and ready. Stan leaned forward so he could pull his flask back out from his back pocket. Brandy's eyes had adjusted to the gloom enough for her to see Stan's sneering smile as he sat with his forearms resting on his knees. Brandy's anger had replaced her fear. I'm not kidding, Stan. I want to get out of here, and I want to leave now. And if you don't the sound of footsteps on the metallic catwalk above them stopped Brandy's tirade and she squatted against the wall beside Stan. Whatever had caused the ringing footsteps had stopped. Someone's in here, she whispered. No shit. The feeble moonlight was just enough for Brandy to see that Stan's eyes were as wide as hers. He shined the light from his phone up above them, but they saw no one. What should we do? I'm thinking. Let's make a break for the car, Brandy pleaded. Stan sat and said nothing. The footsteps started up again, and the couple froze where they sat. This time, the steps seemed to be descending the stairs on their side of the building. Come on, Stan. It's getting closer. Brandy pulled on Stan's arm as she tried to get him to rise. He swatted her arm away and slowly got to his feet. Hurry, she insisted. What's the matter with you? We gotta go. Stan stood still and shined his light up and down the stairs. Brandy saw nothing there, but the ringing footsteps continued. Go ahead, run if you want, Stan said. I'm gonna find out what's going on here. No assholes running me out of here. Stan, we can't stay here. We need to get to the car. When he did not move, she gave a quick sigh of disgust, turned... "'ran out of the factory and headed toward the opening in the woods "'where she could make her way back on the path that had led them there. "'When she got to the edge of the woods, "'she paused and looked back at the ruins. "'She saw no movement, only a light blue mist "'that seemed to make the entire interior of the factory glow. "'Stan, I'm going on to the car,' she called out, "'and then immediately regretted announcing her intention to whoever, "'or whatever, might be lurking in the darkness that surrounded her. To hell with it, and to hell with him. I'm out of here, she muttered as she turned to begin her track back to the barn. The trail was a little easier to see than when she and Stan had made their way before. A quarter moon had risen, providing just enough light for Brandy to be able to jog at a light pace through the pine woods. She tried not to think about the growl they had both heard earlier and focused instead on staying on the trail. A large, shadowy figure suddenly appeared in front of her. She stopped running and froze in place as she peered ahead into the darkness. What is that, she thought. Is it a bear? The figure stood on two legs and was not as large as she thought a bear should be, but the dark shape had two ears on the top of its head that were definitely more bear-like than human. As Brandy stood clueless about what to do, the figure dashed off the trail to the right. Brandy stood still for just a moment longer and then started running down the trail again even though she would have to pass the spot where the bear man had been standing. When she reached that site, (laughs) she heard a giggle behind her. She stopped and whirled around. Someone was peering out from behind a tree trunk at her. Someone with long, dark curls, wearing a solid white mask with distinctly feminine features and wearing... A ballerina skirt? The masked figure giggled again and then turned to run away from the path and into the darkness of the woods. Just get to the car, Brandy thought. She turned and continued her jog to safety, but as soon as she rounded the next curve in the path, she saw two more figures blocking her way. Stifling a scream, she stopped. Clowns. Oh my God, they're fucking clowns. Two clowns grinned at her each wearing traditional circus apparel, but each also with its own uniquely sinister distortion of clown makeup. Their oversized eyebrows curved down into frowns, and their lips, visibly blood-red even in the dim moonlight against the deathly white skin, stretched back in malicious glee to reveal sharp, uneven teeth. In spite of her desire to reach the car, she turned back to run up the trail from where she had just come. Impossibly. The clowns stood before her, again. They giggled as they looked at her, tilted their heads toward each other in unison as they continued to smile, and touched their ridiculously small hats together. They quickly straightened back up again, turned to look at each other, turned back to look at Brandy, giggled again, and then darted in opposite directions to disappear into the woods. It was everything Brandy could do not to simply collapse onto the trail in tears. Instead, she turned and ran towards the barn and the safety of the car. Within a matter of just a few steps, she broke free of the tree line and she was out of the woods. The sight of the familiar pumpkin vines on either side of the path gave her a small sense of relief. A rustling in the leaves of the pumpkins made her stop. The noises were coming from both sides of the path, and the swaying of the leaves indicated that something was indeed moving, writhing among the vines. A small dark shape darted out from the pumpkin plants and onto the path ahead of her. A cat. It's just a cat. Brilliant green eyes that almost seemed to float on their own in the darkness peered back at Brandy. Something hung from the black cat's mouth, but Brandy could not see what it was. The cat turned away and darted back into the pumpkin patch on the other side of the trail from where it had first emerged. But the movement in the plants had not subsided. I don't want to know, Brandy thought, although the image of dozens of snakes sliding through the vines filled her mind. She began to run again, keeping her gaze on the dirt path before her. The cornstalks through which she and Stan had walked eons before, when the world hadn't turned into a freaking nightmare, she thought, were the last phase of the trail, and then she would be at the barn, where the car was parked. Please, God, let it be unlocked. But she had to get through the cornfield first. The path separated the cornfield and was wider than just walking between the rows would have been. But with only the dim moonlight, Brandy could not help feeling claustrophobic with the stalks towering over her head on either side only took a couple of minutes to get through this before I'm almost there. I can... what the hell is that? Brandy stopped before getting closer to the dark object that lay on the path before her. She could easily step around it, except it was moving. It seemed to be a person, or at least it resembled a person. It crawled slowly toward her and lifted its head it was human, or had been. Though no eyes remained in the large sockets, it seemed to have sensed Brandy, for it stopped crawling as if to assess the stranger standing in its way. Strands of hair hung down over its nearly skeletal face, and the rags that once served as clothing revealed limbs only partially covered by dried, shriveled skin it resumed its crawl toward her with greater speed, so rather than turning back where she might encounter the horrors from which she had already fled, she plunged into the rows of corn, hoping to bypass the crawling dead thing and get back on the trail beyond it to reach the barn. Within a few steps she saw a cross made of long, sturdy sticks bound together with vines. On it was what she took to be a scarecrow although it had no suit of discarded clothes and straw hat like Scarecrow she had seen before. This was more like the crawling thing from which she had escaped, and it, too, moved. One bony hand slipped free from the vines that secured its wrist to the crosspiece of the stand upon which it had been crucified, and it reached across its decaying torso to loosen the binding on the other hand. Brandy broke free from her momentary paralysis to dash away from this new monstrosity, but she'd only taken a few steps into those cornrows before she faced another scarecrow stand. With relief, Brandy saw that this one stood empty. It was more than a simple vertical pole with a crosspiece. It resembled a large rune, a symbol from an unknown or forgotten language. The cornstalks to her right parted, and another rotting corpse staggered toward her. Again, Brandy turned and ran, but the sound of rustling cornstalks seemed to be coming from all sides. She had no idea in which direction she was heading—toward the barn, away from it? She only knew she had to run. She passed more empty scarecrow stands—how many of these things are there? Each unique as arcane symbols, but Brandy took no comfort that they stood bare for she feared that the dead things that had been punished or sacrificed on them now roamed this field. Blindly pushing aside the large stiff leaves as she plunged through the stalks, no longer even running along the straight rows but just running, Brandy broke out of the field into open space. The barn with the Mustang parked beside it stood only a few hundred feet away. Sobbing with relief, She continued her run toward the car and then stopped as she saw that there was another scarecrow stand beside the path where she and Stan had entered the fields earlier. That... that wasn't there before. This stand was not bare. A figure hung on it. It wasn't moving, at least not yet. Brandy dashed to the driver's side of the car, away from the scarecrow, and frantically pulled on the door handle. Locked she smashed her fists uselessly on the window and crumpled to the ground. But then the fear that the thing on the scarecrow stand might be climbing down made her rise just enough to peer through the car windows to see. The dark shape was still motionless, and yet somehow it looked different from the others. This stand was a traditional cross with arms extended but Brandy sensed that there was something familiar about this one. She pulled herself to a standing position and leaned against the car for a moment, staring at the scarecrow before walking slowly toward the stand. As she got closer, her hands rose to her mouth as if by their own volition, covering a scream that refused to come out. Impaled upon the sharpened pole... Stan's bloody body hung, eyes and mouth wide open, arms extended, and bound to the crosspiece with pumpkin vines. Behind him, the cornstalks parted and swayed as the other dead things retreated into the night. That concludes this episode of Dark Corners with David Allen Boyles. Music for Dark Corners was written and performed by Mambi Yulman and can be purchased at MombiYuleman.bandcamp.com. For my latest projects, you can always find information at my official website, davidallenboyles.com. And I invite all of you to join our Dark Corners Facebook group where you can find background information on posted stories, previews of upcoming stories, and all kinds of other dark content. Hope we meet again soon in The Dark Corners.